This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, strike up the band. It's Big Ten football time. At least here on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast it is. Not on the field yet. Uh, the wait, the interminable wait, continues. Uh, the rest of college football having the fun of actual games. Uh, we'll get to it uh, one of these weeks, but we are on it here on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Here you see my friend Andy Anders beside me on the screen. Thanks for watching us on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Bruce. You still feel like there's a party going on and we're not invited to it? Yeah, exactly. Just on the outside <laughs> looking in. Watching as the uh, as the frat bros drink the beer, yeah. talk to the girls, you know they, the uh, the rest of college football in full swing, except for the Pac-12, of course, and some other smaller conferences. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching Georgia and Auburn and Clemson and Virginia, and I watch Oklahoma lose to Iowa State, and I'm like, <laughs> still feel like you know I'm either. At the party, and I'm outside the window, and I'm not allowed to get in, or I'm in the line outside the club, and they won't give me, you know, my, my cover charge means nothing to the Mater D or something. But, uh, man, we still wait for October the 24th, the start of the season, with a big noon kickoff, Nebraska and Ohio State. But we're doing our best to keep people interested here as we approach the Big Ten season. And, uh, you know, we got progress, I guess, Andy. We're in pads. We're hitting people in practice. Yes. Uh, started contact drills this week, and I think this will actually be an advantage the Big Ten has. They're going to get more time with contact practices than other conferences did. Hopefully prevents injuries once the season does start. Hopefully uh, gives the top teams that time to prepare. Because you're seeing these upsets across the country. We talked about it on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. The lack of contact practice can lead to these upsets because teams aren't as prepared as they normally are. And they aren't ready to tackle. Um, there's been some in those opening weeks. It seemed like there were plenty of games where there was some questionable tackling from teams. Um, Ohio State just was on in the horseshoe this past Saturday, full pads playing for the media. Um, I didn't get the chance to be there, but some other Ohio State writers and people did, and uh, it's exciting to see that they're back in pads and hitting again. Yeah, it is exciting, and uh, we'll get to uh, 
one, I guess, noteworthy thing from that, Demario McCall was not there. Demario McCall is a guy that, you know, when people talk about Ohio State, Andy, they, of course, talk about Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. They talk about Master Teague and the Oklahoma transfer, Trey Sermon. Demario McCall is one of those guys who's been around, and he's kind of like Bigfoot. You know, you hear rumors that he exists, but you've never actually seen him exist. And Demario McCall, he's not a very big guy, but people think he could have a big impact on Ohio State this season. So his absence Saturday from that workout in Ohio Stadium is like, okay, is Demario McCall a myth? Does he got COVID? Does he have this? Does he have that? Uh, But there's kind of an interesting phenomenon around Demario McCall in that he has a lot of potential, but we haven't seen that potential play out yet. When I worked at the Lantern last year, they had a poster. It was from the previous season, actually, um, that they made as a joke. It said the curious case of the disappearing Demario McCall. Because you always, every year, you hear about how he's going to get used, and he was a borderline five-star recruit out of high school, barely outside. I think mm-hmm. he was like thirty in the country, um, or number. He was like number thirty-three or thirty-five, and there's thirty-two five stars, something like that. He was nearly a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, but he's always been a little bit undersized. And so early on in his career, it's like, well, he's got to add this weight. And you'd see him in garbage time in games, and he'd look great. Yeah. And then <laughs> and as his career has gone on, he's slipped between running back and receiver and H-back and where are they going to use him at. And we just he just hasn't really appeared. And it, really going into this season, you look at a projected Ohio State depth chart, and you don't really see his name on it. No, no. They've got a deep core of young, talented receivers. He's not really in the equation of running back behind Trey Sermon and Master Teague. So kind of a mystery who the who, what, when, where of uh, DeMario McCall this season. No doubt about it. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us and helping us spread the word about the Chris Landry Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry Football. You can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts. And LandryFootball.com is your destination for all things college football. Go to LandryFootball.com today. What will you find? Well, you'll find high school, college, NFL, fantasy, recruiting, pregame, postgame, all the inside scoop on all the players, coaches, teams, and schemes at LandryFootball.com. It is your source for all things football. So let's talk about some things in the Big Ten, Andy. First of all, uh, the conference will not be will not be denied the services this year of not just Wyatt Davis, All-American guard at Ohio State, not just Sean Wade, the cornerback ejected from the Fiesta Bowl for his helmet-to-helmet hit on Trevor Lawrence. We're getting back Rashad Bateman at Minnesota. We're getting back one of the most electric players in the country, Rondell Moore at Purdue. Michigan is getting back starting right tackle Jalen Mayfield. But unfortunately for Penn State, linebacker Micah Parsons not coming back to play for the Nittany Lions. Andy, are you there? Hello, Andy. Can you hear me, my friend? Andy's frozen. I don't know what happened. Andy, wave at me if you can hear me. Andy cannot hear me. I wonder what happened to Andy. Uh, He's uh, standing by. I see him on camera, but no Andy. So I'm going to go back and try to add Andy back in again and see if Andy shows up. He dropped out. I'm pretty sure he'll dial back in. Let's hope he dials back in. Uh, So as I said, Rashad Bateman, Minnesota wide receiver, is joining the Gophers. Um, 
Jalen Mayfield, Michigan right tackle, is joining the Wolverines. And also, for Jeff Brown and Purdue, well, they couldn't get a bigger addition than Rondale Moore, uh, the kid who two years ago against Ohio State. I mean, nobody single-handedly wins a game like that, but wow, was he electric against Ohio State. All three of those guys were among a host of players in the league who said they were going to opt into the NFL. Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade among them. Micah Parsons among them. Davis and Wade took a little time to get cleared at Ohio State, but they are back. Parsons not coming back at Penn State. That's a problem for the Nittany Lions because they have issues on the offensive side of the football at the wide receiver position. They don't have a bunch of proven wide receivers. And I I know that Penn State fans are happy they have a returning quarterback in Sean Clifford, but other than Pat Fryermuth, Sean Clifford's not shown the ability, his outstanding tight end, Fryermuth, they've not shown the ability to really throw the ball down the field. Now, he has what he needs to have to get a good downfield passing attack in the running back, Journey Brown. Journey Brown last year shared carries with Noah Kane and with Ricky Slade. Uh, Journey Brown has to be the guy this year for Penn State. And when you look at his success last season, it's a little bit mystifying. Uh, why uh, no? Uh, why uh, Journey Brown did not get more run, <laughs> literally and figuratively, against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, uh, 11 carries against Ohio State for 64 yards. That's very big-time production, but not a lot of action. Uh, four carries for 19 yards against Michigan. Uh, then in the Cotton Bowl, a win over Memphis, Journey Brown gets the ball, or uh, yeah, Journey Brown gets the ball, and he rushes for 202 yards. So now Ricky Slade is transferred to Old Dominion. Uh, Journey Brown is clearly the guy at Penn State, and we'll see if he can have the kind of impact on their team that in the past uh, running backs like, well, for instance, Kajana Carter, uh, Curtis Enos, uh, have had Larry Johnson have had with Penn State. They need that. Because Clifford's not a guy that you want throwing a football 30 times a game. Uh, Clifford is a guy that if he's throwing it 20 times a game and Penn State's rushing for 250, they're a really, really difficult team to handle. Uh, But until they get to that balance, uh, they're going to have some issues there. All right, our friend Andy Anders is back. Little little, uh, internet issue there, Andy. Good to have you back. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the um, for whatever reason, router just restarted. Well, there you know. go. No worries. Maybe it's time for an update where you are. But yeah. we're glad to have you back. I was talking about the players that were getting back on the field in the Big Ten, and I talked about how it would be difficult for Purdue's Jeff Brom to get a bigger uh, shot in the arm than to get Rondale Moore back because certainly no Ohio State fan has forgotten what Rondale Moore did against the Buckeyes as a freshman. Uh, Buckeyes will be playing Purdue again this season. you got to believe that OSU defensive game plan will be uh, certainly focused on Rondale Moore. Hopefully not going man-to-man against him again. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe, maybe throw some double teams that direction yeah. this year with the uh, the the defensive coordinating there. A little, little bit questionable in that game. No doubt. Um, uh, Penn State, no uh, Micah Parsons. Is that something that uh, Penn State – you would think can survive, or I don't know how you ever replace I me. Mean, Ohio State has uh, Chase Young to replace as an All-American, Jeff Okuda to replace as an All-American. That just comes with it. You know, when guys get to their junior year and their top three picks in the National Football League draft, you're not going to hang on to them. Penn State didn't have any plans to replace Micah Parsons, I think, entering this season. We're probably caught off guard by the fact that he's sitting out and then not following the lead of guys like Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, 
Wyatt Davis in coming back to school. That's got to be a big, I think, physical hit and emotional hit for Penn State. Oh, absolutely. You're talking about one of the best defensive players in America. Um, it's going to really one of the reasons that people were looking at them as a top defense uh, in the nation, and it's going to hurt their chances to compete with Ohio State, no doubt about it. Um, that game is week two, so you don't have a lot of time to work out the kinks of who is replacing Micah Parsons in the first place and some of the other areas of that defense. Maybe there's new, whoever the new guys are um, and getting that, developing that new chemistry. Um, but, you know, James Franklin has proven himself as a coach there. You hope he can guide the team through it, and you have to take that next man up mentality if you're Penn State. Uh, that being said, it's going to hurt regardless. All right, let's. Uh, we've talked about the Nittany Lions, about their quarterback, Sean Clifford, about uh, Journey Brown, their running back, Pat Fryermuth, their tight end. They've got players. Michigan, uh, I would argue, has more tradition than, uh, than it has more actual chance of winning the Big Ten East. Uh, they have to come to Ohio State. They get Penn State at home. They have uh, Joe Milton at quarterback. Uh, he beat out, by all accounts, he beat out Christian McCaffrey. But Joe Milton, though a big, strong guy with a big arm and certainly, I think, physically more equipped to run the zone read than Christian McCaffrey just from a withstanding contact standpoint, nevertheless will be playing behind an offensive line that will have four new starters. That is a big-time problem, I think, for a team that has had difficulty, strangely enough, Andy, running the football ever since Jim Harbaugh came back. Michigan is still not a fearsome team running the football, and that is, to me, one of the biggest surprises of the Jim Harbaugh era is that he has not been able to find a stud quarterback and a stud running back. Right. Um, and those issues have been particularly apparent when they've played at Ohio State. I think one of the main issues is that they haven't had the mauling offensive lines that you need to run downhill like they want. And so much of football now is transitioned to spreads that offensive linemen almost aren't accustomed to that style, and you wonder if it's hurt the transition. So they, they're obviously they've introduced a new offensive coordinator. They're starting to introduce a lot of those spread concepts into their offense. Um, but, I, yeah, I've definitely been surprised they haven't been able to establish a really quality running game um, since Harbaugh's been there. And the, the court, he was considered the quarterback whisperer, right? You yeah. brought that up. Yeah. Um, so I think – Losing four offensive linemen, you wonder how they could develop any sort of consistency on the ground um, this season. And, you know, they'll need to, really, because uh, all of, all of the football is being played in late October and in November and in December this year. That cold-weather Big Ten football calls for running, foot, calls for running it. So yeah. um, I'll be really curious to see how they address that concern. And in year two of this new offensive look for Michigan, you know, you almost get a pass year one running the spread because it takes time for players to adjust to zone blocking as an offensive line, to the new concepts, to the new route trees, everything. But year two now running the spread, is it going to work? Is it going to work for Harbaugh at Michigan, this new offense that he's been implementing over the past couple seasons? Well, one team that never struggles to run the football is uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, they have uh, certainly feasted the last three seasons with Jonathan Taylor uh, as their running back. Uh, this year, they have to replace Jonathan Taylor. They knew that was coming, but 
over the weekend, they find out they have to replace someone who they did not expect to have to replace, and that is Jack Cohn, their quarterback. Jack Cohn suffered a foot injury. Jack Cohn had surgery, according to Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and Jack Cohn is going to be unavailable for an undetermined period of time. Now, we know that Wisconsin last year at this time a lot of buzz about Graham Murs, a freshman, a five-star freshman, biggest quarterback recruit Wisconsin had ever had. But uh, you got to believe that with all the raving about Jack Cohn in the offseason and how happy Paul Christ was for him, this introduces uh, more intrigue about that Wisconsin offense with uh, a largely untested sophomore in Graham Murs stepping in at quarterback. Yeah, you never want to replace a quarterback at this point in the season. Um as camp is starting, as the team is starting to develop its chemistry, you know, you're, you've been centering it around this one guy because obviously the quarterback's the centerpiece of an offense. And now you have to transition. That being said, I think Murs is very capable. Um, it's just you now are concerned about the depth behind him. Um, but I think he'll be a very capable quarterback for the Badgers, especially when, like you said, they're mainly a team that's never struggled to run the ball. I don't think they'll struggle this year either. Um, I just mentioned problems finding that mauling downhill offensive line when they've tried to run their power mm-hmm. sets. Wisconsin's never had a problem with that. They always find these diamond in the rough, three-star offensive linemen that are huge, that can just overpower teams physically. That old four yards in a cloud of dust mentality, play action off of it. Um, you know, that's been Wisconsin's bread and butter ever since I've been alive. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think, honestly, losing Cone, it definitely, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. It hurts to lose a quarterback at this point in the season. He's an experienced starter who played very well for them last year. Um, better than any quarterback they've had in a long time, I think. But um, I don't think it'll break the Badgers. I honestly think that, despite the fact that you know quarterbacks are more important position than outside linebacker, I still think Micah Parsons is a bigger loss at Penn State than Jack Cohn is for Wisconsin, just because Mers is there, and I think he'll actually have a really good year if Cohn can't play. Well, he completed nine of ten passes last season. Mers did in backup duty. Uh, Cohn had a really good first half against Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, but he doesn't seem to me to be a guy who you can rely on you know, to throw the ball 30 times and win the game. That's not what Wisconsin does. They like to hand it off. And uh, they have Nakia Watson, a kid they really like out of Texas, uh, kind of a Jonathan Taylor type, you know, 212-pound back who's got a lot of speed. He'll be their tailback. They have Garrett Groshek back at fullback. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to demean Jack Cohn's talents. Uh, let's say he can't play this year. I really think the biggest loss for Wisconsin, obviously Jonathan Taylor in the offensive lineman, but man, I think Quintez Cephas going to the NFL is such a huge loss for Wisconsin oh, yeah. out wide. That and he was really one of the big breakout stars, like surprising players in the uh, Big Ten last year. I wasn't really looking for him, um, and you thought that he was going to, you know, have a rise in the career, but his departure really does hurt their passing attack. Um, and we'll see who that new weapon is on the outside if they can find one so the season kicks off on october the 24th still almost three weeks away buckeyes and nebraska is the headline game there is a little bit of news with the ohio state buckeyes they uh made a defensive resurgence a year ago andy you know 2018 uh 
They just gave up yards by the bundle. Uh, Maryland uh, ran wild against them. Uh, it was just a the tackling was poor. The scheme was poor. They were beaten by repeated big plays. TCU, Penn State, just af- one after another. Guys are getting out of the gate and going. And then last year, all that well just dried up as Ohio State went to that uh, single high safety and had three outstanding corners on the field, two of whom are first-round picks in the NFL. Sean Wade would have been had he not chosen to come back. Uh, but their weakness at linebacker showed up in the loss to Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, big success running the ball, and Etienne more so with the screen passes. Spoke to their weakness at the linebacker position. Baron Browning, a, a big-time athlete, but Baron Browning graded out the poorest of any Ohio State defender in that game. So they're shuffling the linebackers a little bit this year to try to take advantage of what Pete Werner showed them last year and what they believe Baron Browning is capable of doing. Right. Um, Pete, Pete Werner moving to Will is a change I really like. He's kind of one of the most uh, – he's, he's one of their best cover guys at linebacker when you're talking about taking on tight ends, and the Will will actually have him doing that less. He'll be playing in the box a lot more, uh, more run support. But he can bring it, uh, in the words of his teammate, Tough mm-hmm. Borland, in the running game. Um, toward the end of last year, he made some hits that you're just like, wow, where was this uh, the rest of his career? You know, it was his third season, and he was – you know, he was really wrecking some guys coming in through the line. I think he's actually a really good downhill player, despite his ability to cover tight ends and the way they used him in the Sam role last year, more outside the box and inside the box, just kind of going back and forth. Yeah. At that will position, he'll be in the box a lot more. And I actually think he'll be one of Ohio State's best run fill linebackers uh, this season, which is what he'll be doing more so at that position. Well, the danger with Browning is that he tends to bite on first look, and if he's covering tight ends, you know, there are tight ends in the league. If Wisconsin and Ohio State would play in the Big Ten title game, Michigan uses the tight end very well. Penn State with Fryermuth has a really good tight end. I mean, Pete Werner just took Pat Fryermuth away from Penn State last season. So that'll be, I think, the danger. But Baron Browning, I think they're expecting him to be more of a pass rush threat, a blitz threat. Uh, which they have to be concerned. I mean, I know Ohio State recruits very well on the defensive line, and they have Teron Vincent, and they have Zach Harrison, and they've got plenty of uh, elite recruits along the defensive line. But when you lose those maulers in the middle, Robert Landers, Devon Hamilton, and you also lose Chase Young, you know, the top pass rusher in the country, I do think think Ohio State has to be concerned about where do the sacks come from, where does that pressure on the quarterback come from this season. Well, yeah, year two of a five-star guy under Larry Johnson with Zach Harrison. You always watch out. Ohio State has the best D-line coach in the country, so you don't really worry about it as much when they've recruited the way they've recruited that spot at defensive end. I think Tyreek Smith definitely showed a lot of flashes last year, didn't develop into that consistent threat. Um, He had some injuries that were bugging him, I believe, at certain points. Mm -hmm. But um, Tyreek Smith is another name to watch at that position for sure, I think. Him and Zach Harrison should be just fine coming off the edge. You'll have uh, Tyler Friday and Javante John Baptiste mixing in. Um, Friday, more of a sturdy run, uh, secure the edge kind of guy. I haven't seen him as much of a pass rushing threat early on in his Ohio State career, but John Baptiste could be that. Um, on the interior, Vincent, it's still questionable whether or not he's healthy. Another mm-hmm. guy. It wasn't that, pra- that uh, practice in the shoe Saturday. 
Um, he's coming back from a season-ending injury last year, former five-star recruit. At one tech, they'll have Tommy Togiai, who even last year was considered the strongest guy on the team, if you asked any player mm-hmm. for Ohio State, and another former highly rated recruit. That's who will be replacing Hamilton and Landers primarily at the one tech. Um, Haskell Garrett is back healthy after being shot in the face. Um, peacemaker uh, role, Andy. Peacemaker role, we're told. Peacemaker role. That's what we're being told. Um, so you, you have a lot of guys there. That, like you said, they're, they're new, but they are talented. Uh, they were highly rated recruits, and they've spent a few years with Larry Johnson. I wouldn't call them inexperienced because they've all played, maybe not in the important moments, but they did even in like, you know, the first quarter of games, the first halves of games, early on in games, some of these guys played last year. Uh, we are approaching our You Can't Handle the Truth moment of the podcast, which is brought to you by our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, where you order the best coffee you can find. It comes from around the world. They do great things in those communities in countries like Indonesia and Thailand. Their coffee is phenomenal. Use the promo code BIG10 in all caps, BIG10 in all caps, to get 15% off at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You can get it in whole bean, light, medium, and dark roast. Grind it yourself. You can get it ground or you can get it in K-Cups, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. That is the best coffee you can find. You can't handle the truth! All right, Andy, what do you have for us today on the You Can't Handle the Truth front? Well, this one's a little bit related to the Big 12. So I've been watching uh, a lot of Big 12 football to start this season, not necessarily by choice, just kind of what's fit my schedule. Yeah. Uh, I happen to be available at times during the day when key Big 12 teams are playing. Um, Texas has not, has looked worse. I, maybe the worst they've ever looked in the Tom Herman era, which is really bad. Yeah. Um, Defense. Ooh, dreadful. Almost lost to, should have lost to Texas Tech. Yep. And then did lose to TCU. Yeah. Who's had Tom Herman's number for some reason. Mm-hmm. And just this entire decade had his number. Oklahoma now one win and two losses. Um, don't know what happened out there. Obviously they still can't get a defense developed, uh, which is a big part of it. The offense didn't look that great Saturday either uh, with Spencer Rattler, quarterback. They're they're already – both those teams are pretty much already out of the playoff hunt. Yes, they are, which Um, means their league's out of the playoff. The 12 now is Oklahoma State. The only team that is ranked that hasn't lost a game for them – well, I'm actually not sure if that's true. But they – Oklahoma State – is the only team that you looked at before the season and thought, well, they could they could be a dark horse to win the Big 12, and they're the only team that hasn't lost already. Um, and they've still got to run the gauntlet of the other teams. Yes, they do. Um, so, honestly, I think – tell me if I'm crazy, Bruce. I think there's five teams in the Big 10 that could – that would beat – Every single big team in the Big 12 on a neutral field this season. So you're going Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota? Yep. Wow. Those five. I think those five teams could beat any team in the Big 12 on a neutral field this year. Um, just based off what I've seen from Oklahoma and Texas, I all five of those teams have a better defense for sure than Oklahoma and Texas do. And the offenses haven't looked that impressive. I've always thought Sam Ellinger was overrated. Um, might defer to our friends on in defense of the Big 12. Yes, they'll have something to say about that top of the hour, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure, yes. But <laughs> I think 
That, that's my honest opinion. There's five teams in the Big Ten that could beat any team in the Big 12 this season. Um, it's because if, if Oklahoma State's your best team, I'm sorry, but I'm not sold on the Cowboys. Whenever they creep into the top ten in a season, they just fall apart, it seems. It's hard to argue that. I cannot say that you're 100% right, but I certainly wouldn't argue that you're 100% wrong on that, as the Big 12 has been dreadful, and I'm astounded Tom Herman has not been able to figure it out at Texas. You thought he'd make hay off all those great in-state recruits, but yeah, I think you know you make a great case for what is going on there. And Andy mentioned our friends at the uh, a few good or uh, at the uh, in defense of the Big Twelve podcast that comes up at the top of the hour here on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. Uh, we appreciate you joining and watching us. You can send us a comment during the show; we will respond to it. And after the show ends live, you can watch it on tape or listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for the Landry Football Conference Call wherever you get your podcasts. What will you hear? Well, you'll hear Big Twelve show. Big Ten Show, Pac-12, SEC, SEC Gumbo, great name for a show, great content, fantasy football, a scout's perspective on the game, high school recruiting, we got it all, pregame to postgame, film breakdown too. Mark that on your favorites list, LandryFootball.com. You can't handle the truth. All right, my You Can't Handle the Truth also talks about another league because, hey, we don't have Big Ten to talk about yet. Andy, did you see where the Pac-12 is going to play a game, USC-Arizona State, at 9 a.m. local time? Breakfast with the uh, Sun Devils and Trojans. 9 a.m. local time. uh, A little even earlier if you're in the eastern, uh, on the eastern seaboard like we are. uh, We'd have to roll out of bed almost with the sun if we wanted to catch that one. Uh, well, it, actually, I misspoke. It'll be – no, it will, it will be. I think it will be 9 a.m. local time because they want to get it on uh, – they want to get it on in prime, you know, prime in the east. So it's crazy to me that they're doing this. Uh, but, hey, I, it got me to thinking, Andy. Uh, maybe I can't handle the truth. What if we got to a, a time, Andy, where the smaller leagues – yes, I'm including you, Pac-12 <laughs> – like Mountain West, Mac, schools like that, they're already playing every night of the week. What if we had a game that uh, would kick off at 7 a.m. in the East, it'd finish by nine, uh, by 10.30 in the morning, then we could go into game day or big noon kickoff and then have a game you know, with conferences that play real football at noon. What do you think about that, like in the future? That'd be fun. Um, I sleep in usually, uh, roll out of bed at like 10 and watch the big noon kickoff for it. But hey, for those of you early risers out there, I would, I have no issue with it. Um, an early slate of football, but you know, it's, I prefer that good old wake up, get my breakfast, plop down on the couch about 11, catch the last hour of either game day or big noon kickoff, and then just 10 hours of college football after that. We'd all be living the Hawaiian lifestyle if we did that, Andy, because that's the great <laughs> thing about going to Hawaii is that you can, in the fall, you can get up at uh, 6, 7 in the morning and there's an NFL game on. And then you can watch two NFL games, and by 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, you know, the you got the rest of the day free. You go to the beach, you can play golf, whatever. That's I'm for that. I'm for the Hawaiian lifestyle. 
coming to the rest of us here in the Eastern time zone. Let's get those kickoffs more often at uh, 7, 8, 9 in the morning. I'm all about it. Uh, we will be one week closer to football in the Big Ten next week, Andy. I can't wait for it to start. Uh, maybe we'll have some uh, news coming out of the conference in terms of, I don't know, injuries, COVID tests, position shifts, things of that nature. But at this point in time, um, it feels like Christmas is a long way off to me. While everybody else is enjoying the holiday, meaning football, we're still sitting around waiting for it to get started here in our neck of the woods. Yes, uh, I can't wait, you know. I say that every week. We're, we're two and a half weeks away. We're two and a half. Next week, it'll be a week and a half. You know, we're, we're right on the cusp. Yeah, it would be great if we could actually get to it. Eventually, we will. Everybody else will have, like, I don't know, half or three quarters of their season done. But uh, hopefully, we'll get all eight games in. And hopefully, by the end of the season, our long Big Ten nightmare will be over. And we'll uh, be able to reflect on a season rather than just look forward to one that'll do it for us thanks for joining us here on the chris landry football channel on twitch bookmark landryfootball.com we'll see you again next week step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.